Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I am Paula Parker. So do you consider yourself a negative person? Now, you might be, you know, friendly and you might be helpful and productive out there in the world. And you think, you know, most people I know wouldn't call me negative, but I know the real me. And the real me is pretty damn negative. (laughs) But guess what? We all are because that's our human brain. So we have a negativity bias built right into our brains for survival reasons. So that when we see that there's danger, we remember it because it's important and we avoid it just so that we can stay alive. But for some reason, our brain equates an upcoming performance review or the fact that maybe our friend didn't call us back or that we missed the ferry and have to wait two more hours with death, right? With imminent death. So now that we live on Vancouver Island, the ferry schedule and how busy it is, is a major consideration whenever you want to go somewhere. And yesterday I talked to my sister who lives in another city. She lives in Calgary, Alberta. And after I got off the phone... I reflected back and just realized how negative I was being. I think it was just kind of grumpy. It was like, no matter what she said, I had a yeah, but ready to go. So, you know, my toddler creates huge messes and she pointed out that that's why it's really nice to have a dog who will go and clean up, you know, the food that falls on the floor. And I was like, yeah, but, and explained how much of a hassle it is to keep them away from each other. You know, having a dog and a toddler, like that's a lot of work. Like I don't want my dog Huxley to snap at him and keeping them apart is like such a hassle. And then we chatted about buying things for the house and how expensive everything is, you know, like who knew that rug were so expensive why did they have to be so expensive and on and on and on it went and that's pretty typical right I think we often complain almost as a way of connecting with others or even for something to say like when we complain about the weather it's wet and rainy or it's too hot or it's too windy it's so easy for us to see how this should all be better or could be better Many of our thoughts throughout the day tend to be more on the negative side of things I've heard roughly 80 percent Maybe we can think of all of this as our default programming. Nice to know there's nothing going wrong, at least. However, when it comes to your weight loss, it's probably not helping. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how it commonly shows up when you're trying to lose weight and how to overcome these habitual negative thoughts that are running in your head so that you are more successful and frankly, feel less negative about yourself and your life. Plus, if you hear from someone else, like if you hear from me, all of these, the most common negative thinking and the thoughts that I hear other people say and my clients um, and just being in this industry, you might feel a little less alone, right? If you recognize, oh, that's something that I think about all the time too. (laughs) I want you to know that there's so many other women in the same boat. Okay, so the first thing you want to watch out for is thinking in absolutes. And by this, I mean saying things like always, never, everyone, or no one, right? Like these huge blanket statements. So for example, someone recently said to me, I will always snack after dinner. I just know that about myself. But obviously that's not a fact, right? What if she were to stay at a friend's place and they don't have dessert and then they don't offer any food after dinner? It's pretty unlikely that she's going to go get up in the middle of the night and rummage through the fridge. And also snacking after dinner is simply a habit that's automatic in her brain right now, but all habits can be broken. 
It's actually amazing to me and sad, really, when we see ourselves as being so powerless that we can't control something as simple as snacking after dinner. But I get it. When your brain is hooked like that, it's going to feel really bad, both physically and mentally, not to do it, not to snack after dinner, if that's what you're used to. It's way easier to have the snack and then make up the story that it will always be like this for me, right? There's nothing I can do. Well, there is something that you can do but it's just not going to feel very good. It's going to feel like misery for a little while, and that's not an easy sell. However, when you decide it is possible for you to avoid snacking after dinner, say, and you manage to allow the urge for even a couple of weeks, then that becomes automatic for your brain. And then it requires no discipline at all. And then when you put your head down on the pillow at night, you feel all the good feelings because you've stuck to your plan, you're staying on track, and you're working towards your goal, and you feel like you're going to actually make it this time, right? All that feels so good. Some other examples of negative thinking during weight loss are, I always quit, that's a common one, or I'll never lose the weight, or if I do, I won't be able to keep it off. And then lastly, no one understands how hard it is for me. Now, don't get me wrong. I know we've all had our darker moments of despair and thought these thoughts and maybe even journaled them down. But what I'm talking about here is more of your ongoing running dialogue. So are you telling yourself this or is this going on in the background for you all of the time? Do you even know? This is why it's so important to be doing your daily 15, your daily journaling and getting your thoughts down on paper. Because when you have the belief that you always quit, your brain will look for evidence and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy that then confirms this thought error. And that one in particular is an easy thought error to spot because you're not quitting if you're listening to this right now, <laughs> right? You're still working on it. So it's definitely not true that you always quit. I know a big concern for many of you is that you can't do it or that if you do, you won't be able to keep it off. This one I hear a lot. And then the brain goes to, so why even bother? Why even try and endure all the deprivation and when you're only going to gain it right back? And we can't blame ourselves for being skeptical because look at all the evidence. Most people do not keep the weight off. According to Scientific American, 80% of people who shed a significant portion of their body fat will not maintain that degree of weight loss for a year. And not only that, dieters regain on average more than half of what they want to lose within two years. So yeah. Of course, your brain is going to go down that track. And hearing that probably isn't pulling you out of any negative thinking quite yet, but I have some really good news about that. I would like to offer that the reason this is the case is because that that 80% and those dieters didn't change their thinking at all. They focused on the action, on the food and exercise part of weight loss. And then they white knuckled their way there, most likely eating in a way that was not sustainable for their entire lifetime. Now, I obviously don't know the details of the plans that they were on, but I think it's a really safe bet. Because as we know, if we don't change the thinking that created the problem, we are bound to repeat it. So if you go into a healthy eating plan with really negative thinking about it, about your capability, your capacity to do it, and about yourself, you won't see much in the way of positive results. And this is why it's so important for you to take a close look at your thoughts, get them down on paper, and start working to change them. Okay, so I think this is a good time to chat about being positive because I'm sure you're thinking, well, I just can't erase the negativity and be positive about everything all of a sudden. 
There is nothing more infuriating than being in a bad mood and someone telling you to think more positive or look on the bright side. And you don't have to, nor should you. Writing down your thoughts and working to change them is about getting you to see what is happening for you. It's not about trying to change your state. You simply want to see what's really driving your behavior so that you have the full picture. When you have the thought, well, I, al- I will always want to eat sweets for the rest of my life, you can ask yourself if you want to keep that thought or if you want to change it. Now, if you decide you want to change it, you probably won't feel positive, but you may feel more neutral. So we can't eradicate all our negative thoughts, but we can get curious about them. And then we see where we want to spend some time changing them if we want to over time. Now that you see that even though you're trying to reduce or cut out sugar, what you really think is that you'll always want it. You're signing yourself up for a lifetime of deprivation and no one wants that. So it's no wonder you won't stick with it, right? Okay, so I just had to take a quick break and uh, <laughs> deal with my dog as he was scratching at the door. So now he's, he's in here with me hanging out. Okay, so the other option is that you can decide that you are going to figure it out. You're going to figure out how to not want sweets for the rest of your life. <laughs> yes, it is possible. How do you know this is possible? Because there are people who used to always want them and now rarely want them. The difference is they learned how to curtail that over-desire for them, the psychological and physical over-desire. That's what I do with my clients. Another habitual negative thought is that your negativity shouldn't be happening. Like you shouldn't be feeling negative so much. So when we feel negative and it's an unpleasant experience, we resist it. We feel bad about feeling bad. I do this a lot and it's one that I'm working on. But why do we think we're supposed to feel good all the time? When we're running on less sleep than we need, when we have a bad headache, when we realize we've missed an important deadline, or we get into a fight with our spouse in the morning, right? And then we have a bad day. It's pretty human to feel negative. Have you ever met somebody who is just over the top too positive all of the time? You just know they're not, you just know that they're not quite right. Like they're in denial or something. Like they're about to explode, right? It's false. Something's not quite right with them because no one has a perfect life and has a positive outlook on everything. So I think the key is to start being okay with some negativity. I think often we resist it. We don't want to feel bad about something. That's when we turn to food to numb out. Have you ever wondered why when you have negative thoughts about your body, you actually overeat more? Or when the scale doesn't go down, you don't stick to your plan that day. On the surface, it makes no sense, but you don't have to really look that deeply to see why. Negative thinking, like thinking your body is too fat or your plan isn't working because of the number on the scale, is going to make you feel badly. And when you feel badly about ourselves, when we feel badly about ourselves, about life in general, or something specific that's stressful, we'll turn to food to modulate our emotions and it becomes a loop. The takeaway here is that ironically overcoming negativity means embracing it rather than resisting it. When we are okay with feeling negative, sometimes we aren't using up all our energy fighting it or feeling bad about it. It passes through so much faster. 
Now, was it fair to my sister that I completely focused on the negative during our conversation, no matter what she offered? No, of course not. We also need to practice self-awareness enough that we're not spewing our negativity onto everyone else indirectly. I was just in a bad mood (laughs) and we are all human. Work in progress over here. But instead of our negativity coming out like a wildfire, we can manage it like a controlled burn. And how we do this is by examining the facts and then identifying the thoughts and feelings we're having. Oftentimes we think our thoughts are the truth, and maybe it is the truth, but it's important to question it first. Okay, lots of theory here, so let's get back to the last example. No one understands how hard it is for me. I think it's true that everyone does have their own unique experience that on one level we can't possibly ever know because we are not them. However... I also think we have more in common when it comes to our psychology than we give ourselves credit for. I think this is especially true when it comes to food and body image. And I say this because I hear the same things over and over. I don't feel good in my body. I don't feel confident with my partner during intimacy. Nothing in my closet fits me. I'm too fat to go to the gym. We really do have a lot of the same thoughts and feelings on this one. Sure, there are nuances, but it's the same stuff. Thoughts of being not good enough, either according to our own standard or someone else's. So maybe a bit of a tangent there, but getting back to it, the thought that no one understands how hard it is for you. It's hard for everyone. I mean, just look around. Sure, I know you have friends for whom food and their weight has never been a thing for them. Maybe you have a number of friends like this. So yeah, maybe they don't particularly understand this exact flavor of struggle, but they aren't living their lives without struggle and challenges. They have their own challenges. And there are so many women who do understand how hard it is because they are living the same thing. They might not be the exact same size or have the same weight goal, but they know what it means to start a diet over and over again. Let's bring it home now. So Stop calling yourself a negative person because you have a normal negativity biased brain. We all have negative thoughts, probably the majority of the time. (laughs) I'm tired. It's too cold in here. I have too much to do, etc, etc, right? Those are just the ones that came to me because that's what I'm thinking right now. (laughs) So when it comes to losing weight, we can look at the absolute thoughts and point them out because absolute thoughts aren't serving us. Ones like, I'll never not want sugar again, or I'll just snack after dinner. That's just who I am. These are negative thoughts that have no upside to thinking them. That said, it's healthy to feel negativity some of the time. So my coach says 50% of the time, 50% of the time you're feeling good, 50% you're not so good. And that's life. It's a helpful framework, whether it's true or not, whether you believe it or not, it's helpful because it lets it be okay when things are negative, when things aren't going well. What adds to our pain is when we think we shouldn't be feeling anything negative. Janet Jackson, who I think suffered from depression, said once, and I'm very much paraphrasing here, but that nothing is sadder than when you have everything and you still feel sad. Just because you're privileged and you have maybe champagne problems doesn't excuse you from feeling negative. So don't feel bad about feeling bad. This is why it's so important to do your work, do your thought work, or talk to a coach or a therapist who can help you sort out your thinking and process your emotions in a healthy way. Often what triggers us, what we're feeling negative about is exactly where we have the most growth to do. It's there for a reason. 
Okay, that's what I have for you. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.